Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2398 with a release date of Friday, October 13th, 2023 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Israeli hams work to locate the missing. Flood-stranded students in India find a way out through ham radio. And a volcano is active, but not with lava or ash. All this and more is Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2398 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's first independent, on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, here is Skeeter Nash, N5ASH. We open with a special report about how Amateur Radio is helping families locate those who have gone missing amid the Israel-Hamas conflict. Kevin Trotman, N5PRE, tells us about their efforts. We begin this week's report with a developing story in the Middle East, the ongoing conflict between the Gaza-based militant group Hamas and Israel that began on Saturday, October 7th, with an attack by Hamas that killed at least 900 people. As Israel responded to the Hamas rocket launches with airstrikes of their own, there have been ongoing media reports of Israelis, Israeli-Americans, Americans and others being shot, kidnapped and taken hostage. The Israeli Amateur Radio Club has been working to address the world's concern for the well-being of friends and family members who they have been unable to contact. The president of the club, David Ben Passat, 4X1WH, told Newsline that the Hams have established an emergency network that includes the use of the WhatsApp smartphone app to enable people to reach out to amateurs in Israel to locate lost friends and family amid the conflict. David said that amateurs wishing assistance can email him directly at davidbbb at gmail.com. His email address also appears in the text version of this week's news report at arnewsline.org. This is Kevin Trotman, N5PRE. In India, young students and their guides who were stranded by massive flooding in the northeast region were able to return safely after amateur radio operators stepped in. John Williams, VK4JJW, shares their journey. Torrential rain caused a glacial lake to burst through a dam in the Himalayan region of northeastern India on the 5th of October, and the death toll continued to rise as the icy floodwaters left hundreds stranded and missing. Some of the more fortunate among those stranded were guided to safety or driven there by amateur radio operators. Those stranded included 140 Barrett scouts and guides who'd travelled from five schools for camping in West Sikkim. According to a report in the Times of India, the students and those accompanying them were rescued with the assistance of amateur radio operators after the hams provided vehicles and created a network to guide those vehicles to safety over the challenging terrain. The students, who were between the ages of 10 and 15, were preparing to depart the camp in Sikkim, where they were staying since October the 1st, when their leader realised the route to the scout's return home by bus was going to be impassable. The scout leader reached out to the West Bengal Radio Club. Club Secretary Ambarish Nagbiswas VU2JFA told the Times of India that the club was able to round up 15 or 16 vehicles to be deployed for transport along the treacherous roads, which were beset by mudslides and loose boulders. The Ham Club also provided navigation assistance to 12 tourists from Gujarat who'd gone to Sikkim for a holiday. One of the tourists told the Print of India that his longtime friend, Sumigosh, VU3IAZ, is a member of that club, and when he reached him by phone, he'd been monitoring weather conditions. 
The radio amateur provided the tourist driver with a safer route through lesser-known roads so they could successfully reach Darjeeling. This is John Williams, VK4JJW. Congratulations to this year's Volunteer of the Year, who was honoured by the Radio Society of Great Britain at the National Radio Centre. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, tells us about him. Trevor Hughes, G4WKJ, has accrued more than one claim to fame during his many years as a volunteer at the National Radio Centre at Bletchley Park. He's donated his time on a weekly basis since the centre's opening day in 2012, and he is the creator of the Snail Morse Key, a simple and popular kit used by the RSGB to introduce children to Morse code. On Friday the 6th of October, RSGB General Manager Steve Thomas, M1ACB, honoured Trevor for donating his many hours of time and expertise, as well as for his design and the introduction of the widely used Morse code kit. Martin Baker, G0GMB, the centre's coordinator, said the immense amount of time Trevor has donated to the centre has helped ensure its success today. This is Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. There's a new free newsletter in circulation serving amateurs who participate in various nets and pass emergency traffic. The publication was released on October 3rd by the ARRL. Here's Jack Parker, W8ISH, with the details. The NTS Letter is a monthly digest keeping hams up to date on the ARRL's national traffic system, a landscape that its editor, Marsha Ford, KW1U, knows very well. Marsha is section manager for the ARRL's eastern and western Massachusetts and Rhode Island sections and is a longtime handler of traffic. The NTS involves both new and experienced hams in emergency communications and allows newcomers to receive training in the skills of sending and receiving vital messages. This training can then be put to use in real emergencies when amateur radio can provide life-saving links to emergency personnel and agency partners. The system encompasses voice and CW traffic as well as messages sent via the digital modes. ARRL members can receive the NTS letter free by visiting the link at arrl.org stroke opt hyphen in hyphen out. You must be logged in as a member on the ARRL website to complete the subscription process. The newsletter made its debut only days before the ARRL's annual simulated emergency test took place throughout the country on October 7th and 8th. This is Jack Parker, W8ISH. Horrors! In some parts of the world, it's that time of year again. The special pre-Halloween event, known as the Zombie Shuffle, is back from the dead. Here with the gruesome details is Don Wilbanks, AE5DW. Are you one of those awkward CW operators whose fist is a real horror show? (laughs) You'll fit in just fine on October 27th with the annual CWQRP event known as the Zombie Shuffle. For the past 26 years, the organizers have been promoting this event, reassuring even the most out-of-practice CW ops that you don't have to operate until it kills you. Even a handful of well-placed contacts with other QRP operators will be sure to lift your spirits. There's an established exchange, and it helps to have a zombie number assigned to you since, well, it's part of the exchange. 
See the website in the text version of this week's newsline for more details on how to apply for one. You're also encouraged to select a zombie name for yourself to use on the air. <laughs> and like all good zombie-related activities, this event springs to life quite suddenly in the afternoon. Zombies begin shuffling on the bands at 1500 local time across all time zones. Then, when the clock strikes midnight... It's all over. So don't be haunted by your own regrets at sitting this one out. <laughs> this was Don Wilbanks, AE5DW. <laughs> Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the Lookout Mountain Amateur Radio Communities, N4LMC Repeater, and Digital Systems in Georgia on Fridays at 7.30 p.m. local time. Hams in Colorado took a trip back in time to mark a big anniversary for a local scenic route. We hear more about this from Andy Morrison, K9AWM. It only takes a few hours to travel by car along Colorado's peak-to-peak -peak scenic byway that runs from Interstate 70 in the south to Estes Park in the north. At this time of the year, it delivers spectacular autumn foliage. On the 30th of September, seven groups of radio amateurs traveled that distance and beyond for eight hours by being on the air. The Longmont Amateur Radio Club was among those marking the 105th anniversary of the highway, which has been presenting spectacular mountain views since it was built in 1918. Chuck K0ITP, president of the Longmont Club, said seven clubs sent operators, including the Northern Colorado Amateur Radio Club, the Mile High DX Association, and the Indian Peaks Radio Club. A look at the log reveals 604 non-duplicate contacts, and even with some of the same contacts being made on different bands, there were still 572 distinct call signs in the logbook, most of them made on single sideband. The scenic byway clearly delivered its celebrated fall colors well beyond the boundaries of Colorado. Chuck told Newsline that in addition to making contacts in 46 states, operators logged calls from Austria, Canada, Mexico, Chile, Spain, Venezuela, and Argentina. One of the stations was in a national forest, and contacts there also scored some POTA points. This is Andy Morrison, K9AWM. There have been some changes to the criteria by which teams will be chosen for the next World Radio Sport Team Championship. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, tells us what they are. The World Radio Sport Team Championship competition to be held in England in 2026 has announced some changes being made to the selection criteria, which the organising committee believes will make the qualification process fairer. The announcement by Event Vice-Chairman Lee Volante, G0MTN, writing in the WRTC 2026 Groups.io email list, comes as the first of several qualifying events takes place this month. Two new subgroups will be created in the qualification area, comprising Scandinavia and the Baltic countries. This will allow contestors to compete more directly against other local operators for qualification points. 
Competitors in the United States call areas 1, 2, 3 and 7 are also seeing changes which the committee believes will better accommodate propagation differences in the region. For qualification scoring among Western US operators, Nevada, Utah and Arizona will now be grouped into one sub-area, with Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana and Wyoming into another. The northeastern US call areas will be grouped into three sub-areas for scoring purposes. The states of Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, Connecticut and Rhode Island will be in one subgroup. New York, New Jersey and the United Nations call a 4U1UN will be in a second subgroup and the third group will comprise Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland and Washington DC. There will also be more sub-areas for Alaska and Canada. Lee explains why requests for some new subgroups were denied, writing, quote, If there are too few contesters within a sub-region, then it becomes unfairly easier for entrants to score maximum qualification points in contests. This would put the integrity of the qualification process at risk, end quote. 15 qualifying events are taking place between October 2023 and March 2025. Competitors can submit scores from as many as eight qualifying events. This is Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. The Swains Island W8S team got on the air after a slight delay to its start. And yes, they want to work you. The operators got on the air on the 7th of October, posting a short note on their website that read... Good hunting. The team is operating on CW, SSB, RITI, and FT8. For the first time, Swains Island has EME capabilities with a dedicated station for 6 meters. Many of the earliest reports were on 12 meters and 30 meters CW, as well as 30 meters and 20 meters FT8. The hams are working in rotating shifts around the clock and began with four stations on the air at all hours. They said on their website, quote, we're doing our best to work as many as possible of you, end quote. The de-expedition was scheduled to end on the 17th of October. The rare DX is IOTA number OC200 and has the parks on the air designation of K9754. Elsewhere in the world of DX, listen for Helmut DF7EE operating as CT9 stroke DF7EE from Madeira, IOTA number AF014. You can hear Helmut from the 22nd to the 31st of October and during the CQ Worldwide DXSSB contest, where he will be operating as CQ3W. Outside the contest, listen for him on 60, 30, 17, and 12 meters, where he will be using SSB and FT8. CQRZ.com for QSL details on both call signs. For our final story, we visit an active volcano. Active with the sound of hams calling CQ, that is. Ralph Squalachi, KK6ITB, takes us on that long hike up the mountain. The notorious Mount St. Helens volcano in Washington State was active last month in a way no geologist could predict. Six hikers, three of them SOTA activators, were not concerned about the likelihood of lava and ash spewing up from below. They were more interested in the radio contacts from above. At an altitude of more than 8,000 feet at the summit, a height reached after three hours of strenuous hiking, they called CQ. When the contacts came, 
It was not as a volcanic eruption, but at a steady, amateur radio-friendly pace. With each first contact to the summit worth 10 SOTA points to chasers, Tim, N7KOM, Tyler, ND7Y, and Andrew, N7LFO, got busy, using a pair of hiking poles as two legs of a makeshift tripod that included the mast for the wire antenna. It was a busy afternoon. Tim told Newsline that, by the end of the activation, he had logged 20 QSOs on 2 meters FM, 6 QSOs on 40 meter SSB, 1 QSO on 30 meter CW, and 10 QSOs on 20 meter CW. The path of ash, sand, and rocks leading up to this popular SOTA summit had led to a smooth afternoon of operating. A portion of that afternoon can be seen in the HAMS YouTube video on the N7KOM Mountaintop Portable Radio Channel. People on the U.S. West Coast may still remember the deadly eruption from the volcanic peak in the Cascade Mountains in 1980, one of the deadliest of its kind in North America. But these three HAMS and any other activators with their sights set on SOTA number W7W-LC-001 are grateful the mountain continues its long slumber. For now. This is Ralph Squillaci, KK6ITB. With thanks to Amateur Radio Daily, CQ Magazine, Chuck Pock, K0ITP, CNN, David Behar, K7DB, David Ben Bassat, 4X1WH, 425DX News, Radio Society of Great Britain, shortwaveradio.de, The Statesman, Swain's Island The Expedition website, Tim Sherry, N7KOM, The Times of India, and you, our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. We also remind our listeners that if you like our newscast, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Skeeter Nash, N5ASH in Shelbyville, Tennessee, saying 7-3. As always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2023, all rights reserved.